we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about where we're coming before we get lost. Hey, you guys, it is E. This is season two, episode five of the Ball Out with E and K. Kyra and I are, are currently on very different time zones right now um, as I am in Southern Africa, currently in Zimbabwe. So recording an extra part of this episode, including our interview, uh, was quite hard uh, and we didn't do it. So, uh, but this interview that we did make happen was with someone we've uh, definitely been wanting to get for a while and we're very excited um, because it's my friend, mentor, Naz Perez. Um, I love this interview. We talk about literally almost everything under the sun and we get real in some parts of it too um about maybe some negative parts of ourselves you know not negative but realistic parts um that is just you know part of being a person in their 20s um and trying to figure their life out so uh without further ado here is our interview with naz all right, guys, so we're back, um, and this is an interview that's been a long time coming. I think <laughs> when we, like, when I first moved to L.A., um, Kyra and I were, like, workshopping or thinking through different guests, and I, didn't, I hadn't met or, like, worked with our guest today for, like, a month and a half into the Dodger season, and then when I did, I was like, oh, my God, Kyra, she's super nice, um, you know, like, I think we should have her on the podcast, and we just, like, uh-huh. were thinking about it, thinking about it, yeah, um, but anyway, our guest today is Naz Perez, um, she, she <laughs> is my coworker at the Dodgers, um, or at, yeah, I guess at the Dodgers, um, she's also an in-game, so she's an in-game host with me, um, and that's, like, one of the 10 things that she does, um, she is the founder <laughs> Um, the, uh, the organization Heartbroken Anonymous, um, which is basically a, an organization or would you call it an organization? It's like a support group, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a support group, uh, you know, organization hybrid thing going on. Um, and she's been like featured in so many different things, but basically it's a group, um, where you can come every second Thursday of the month. Um, and you can talk about whatever you're heartbroken about which can be a relationship a job a loss of a loved one um you know whatever it is you can come talk about it I've been to one session it was very peaceful um and she just got (laughs) done with uh doing kind of like a tour of it in Chicago and New York and I know a lot of people wanted it to happen in Atlanta and I know Kyra please come to Atlanta oh my god I'm totally gonna bring one to Atlanta 100 percent yes yes I would fly out for it um but yeah, and then she also, you are a former producer on The Bachelor, um, as well as um, a producer at E! in general. And you just got done with host or producing uh, the award shows, uh, or I guess award show season at E! which was super cool. And you were literally like hanging out with everybody and their mother, including BTS. Um, so <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. But uh, yeah, so you she, she does that. So And she also is a host for... The podcast I don't get it, uh, which is what Kyra knew about before I even knew who now was. Um, you also are. Would you call yourself like a host for Fandango? Yeah, like a host. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're like a host for Fandango. <laughs> you're doing such a good job. <laughs> I'm. I literally was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, so yeah, and she's a host for Fandango. Um, she's also a host for like a French entertainment company that like updates <laughs> French people. Parisians about what's going on in the U.S. Um, within entertainment, and then also you have like a I don't understand what it is, but I want to. I guess this is my first question. You have like a partnership with Blushington, right? Yes. Um, okay. Blushington is like this awesome 
um, place where you can go and get your makeup done. And so I partner up with them basically um, to help them spread the word. So you get your makeup done. It's like a few times a week, it seems like, right? Yeah, it's they have this program called Cart Blush, which I think is so worth it. If you live in Texas or New York or LA, I actually, I, they might have one in Miami. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so it's called Cart Blush. You pay $250 and you can get your makeup done unlimited for the entire month, which I think is so Ooh. worth it if you have like a bunch of stuff to do. You can literally go in every day. And what time do they normally open? Um, I think it's like 8 a.m. to like 6 or 7. That's a great deal. I can hear, hear Emily signing up for that now. <laughs> In my non-existent great budget. Deal. Yeah, no, Loki, like what, that'll happen when I uh, have $200 in my bank account. Right now, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's one of the other things that uh, Naz does. She's a, uh, I guess, brand ambassador, like of Blushington, as well as a lot of other products that you get all the time, which is really cool. And you just recently threw I Don't Get It. Um, is it through I Don't Get It? I don't know if it is, but you've been promoting this. Um, uh, it's through Betches. You've been pro- promoting this dating app um, where you can involve your friends. In oh, my God. Things. Emily, I am, like, so humbled that you know all these things <laughs> no. about me. You are, Dude, like, I the greatest human being. That is so nice of you. Um, Yeah, so there this company called Betches, if you guys haven't heard of it, it's like a really great website, blog, kind of lifestyle brand. Um, basically, like, you know, for the cool girl. And they invented this dating app called Ship, um, which I recently have been on. Um, and it's really cool because I feel like dating apps can get really mundane and boring. And the way that they've kind of reinvented the dating app game is your friends that are in relationships can sign up with you and swipe for you. And then you can basically start a chat and they can set you up on dates with people. So yeah, I've been having a lot of fun doing that. It's called um, Ship, if you guys want to download it. Ship. Have you had any, well, I guess not success isn't the right word, but have you like found some quality? Like in having your friends helping help you, is it more fun or is it like they're actually giving you you know, quality advice and it's worthwhile. I think it's definitely worthwhile and fun. I actually just finally got back. I've been traveling for so much Mm -hmm. um, or for such a long time. So I'm like really eager to start dating again, but I haven't been on a date yet. Um, Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. No. And speaking of traveling, I forgot to mention, you also were like a brand ambassador slash host for T-Mobile traveling all over the country. Like uh, going to different baseball games in different stadiums, showcasing the best things about them, like off the field too, which was super cool. You can go like the the videos you did with that. That was awesome. Anyway, so oh, I'm gonna stop, honestly, <laughs> um, and I feel like you, and I feel like you have all this stuff going on. And when we talk, you're always about like, you know, you sometimes say like, I don't like social media, um, but you, and you, I feel like you you stay in the present and you connect people very well, but you still like use. I can tell you use this like visco filter in your like stories I don't know if it's visco yeah. but it always has a certain aesthetic um and you so you have a bunch of stuff going on you're keeping your aesthetic going on you take really cool photos and you're still able to you know interact and connect with people genuinely when LA you know and the industry uh you're in can have that you know not be the case um how do you stay so positive um motivated um and like I don't know friendly and not jaded also I want to add on to that question how do you, when do you sleep? Yes, that's another question. When do you sleep? Okay, so to answer the sleep question first, I like rarely sleep. It's so insane, which is so bad, Um, which now that I'm back home, I'm, I've kind of taken this week off. 
Um, but yeah, I actually, that's a great question because I don't sleep a lot of the time. Like one day I literally had a heartbroken anonymous meeting that ended at like 11 at night. And then the next morning I had a flight at 7am to Chicago. And then, um, I was like on a morning show and I had to wake up like two hours earlier to get my makeup done. So I feel like it's, I feel like if you really want to make it, you really have to work hard and you're going to have to sacrifice things such as sleep and like not sleeping in. And it's not to say that I don't like catch up on it because I think sleep is extremely important. Um, So whenever I have days or weeks like that, I definitely set aside time in my calendar where I'm like, okay, if someone calls me and they're like, for example, like we were trying to set up a time for this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. If I know that I'm really busy or I haven't had a day off in like seven or eight days, I'm probably not going to book the podcast the next day. You know what I mean? I'm going to say, hey, I need like a me day. Let's try like another day. So I definitely um, I definitely schedule me days in my schedule because I'm freelance and I do all these like different jobs. Um, you really have to like self-motivate yourself, which I know was like your other question. How do you like stay motivated? And mm. I think the thing that I do is I just, I just take everything day by day and I remind myself that a million people want to do what I'm doing and I need to wake up every day with a smile on my face because I'm really lucky to be able to be doing it and making money from it because I remember when I was hosting not making money from it you know I'm sure a lot of people remember that so I feel like I really, truly feel like you don't have to be super talented. I really don't. I think you just have to work really hard. And I have always been able to outwork almost anyone I've met. Like I will literally work harder than like half the people I've met in my life. And I can say that like open and honestly, not in like a conceited way, but Mm -hmm. just in a way where I know that I would wake up earlier and stay later for something that I really, truly believe that I want to do. And I know some people even hearing this coming out of my mouth are like, oh my God, like I cannot, or like I would not. And I think that's, that's fine too. I think you just got to listen to your internal voice and know what you're willing and not willing to do, but just know that like, whatever it is you want to do, like someone's already out there doing 10, they're already 10 steps ahead of you Mm -hmm. trying to get to the same place you're trying to get. Not that you should compare yourself because everyone's in their own lane. And I think it's important to be patient and, you know, trust the process and it's always one step forward, five steps back. Like I'm definitely nowhere near where I want to be, but because I still want to do it, um, I think I will make it one day because I think the people that do make it are the people that never give up, if that makes sense. Uh, My question was just like with your career, where was like the start of it first? Was it hosting or producing? And how did you like get to the transition of that? Yeah. So I always wanted to be a host and I went to school and I studied sports broadcast. Um, Well, I majored in broadcast journalism, but I interned at all these different sports companies like ESPN and the Tennis Channel and Fox Sports Florida, because I really wanted to be like the next Doris Burke. I really wanted to be a sideline reporter for the NBA or like for an NBA team. And Emily, I think I've told you this story, but I was, um, not interning, but I was working as a production assistant for NBA Entertainment. I think yeah. when um, LeBron got his first ring during the NBA mm-hmm. Finals in Miami, because I'm from South Florida originally, um, and they asked me to leave the locker room. And it was so weird because it was my last year of college. I was graduating like that summer in August. And I kind of just changed my mind. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I really want to cover sports. And I had been like in the live truck 
And, and I don't want this to discourage anyone that wants to go into sideline reporting. I think it was just a moment where I realized it wasn't for me, but oftentimes I feel like there's a lot of pressure in that industry where like, if you pronounce like a player's last name wrong, like Sal Telemachia or something, Mm -hmm. um, in that instance, a lot of your credibility goes away. And I was like, I don't really want to, to bust my ass and work really hard for like all these, you know, men or other people like sitting on their couches at home thinking this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. And I know that that's, that's totally like a thing within myself. Like it's not something anyone out there can't overcome, but I was like, I really want to work in entertainment. But so to answer your question, Kyra, I basically um, moved to LA and my first job was with the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I always kind of went into production because my parents have never really been able to help me. Like they've literally have never given me like a dollar. And um, so I always had to like take jobs where I was able to pay my rent and make my way on my own out here. And that's to say, I wasn't really able to be a host because when you want to host right off the bat and just host, you kind of have to be a waitress or a bartender and you know, you're going on auditions, but I needed like solid income. But there's also this part of me that always like producing and creating content. And I've always been intrigued with like how television is made. So I kind of worked my way up that ladder and became a producer up until, you know, 2017 where I had you know, produced at Ellen and E and The Bachelor. And mm. I was finally like, all right, well, I've been in LA for like four or five plus years now. I need to give hosting like a fair shot. So that's when I quit The Bachelor and then pursued hosting full time um, two years ago. So why does hosting fulfill you more than what producing did? So actually, I like both just as much. Like when people are like, okay. if you had to pick one, I definitely don't want to pick one. Like I always want to be a producer and a host because I feel like my producing background has made me a host, has made me a better host. And I never want to give up that side of me. And I don't want to be considered like a talking head. The reason why I'm concentrating on hosting right now is because I feel like I hit a pretty good peak with producing, but I haven't really, I feel like I have a lot more to do as far as growing does with hosting. The reason why I like hosting, and there's different kinds of hosting. You know, I have friends that have YouTube channels. Um, I have friends that are anchors. And I've found out, I found myself like in the last year realizing that the hosting I like the best is when it's not about me. So when I Mm -hmm. interview other people, I think that's when I'm happiest. And I feel like I really honed in on that skill set when I worked on The Bachelor, because you know, 17 million people watch those interviews on The Bachelor. And so I really had time to learn how to interview someone. Um, And I feel like that's why I really like hosting, because I'm really curious about other people. Because a lot of people are like, well, why don't you start a YouTube channel or do this? Or like, even, I mean, you follow me on Instagram, Emily, like sometimes I'll try and engage with my followers. I don't even have that big of a following, but sometimes I'll try and engage with my followers, but like, it's very unnatural to me to like, look in the camera and be like, so this is what I'm doing today. Like, <laughs> not that the no. Okay. I think that's great. Oh, and I honestly, you know, there's a part of me that wishes maybe I, I would probably connect with people better in that way, but that's just never really been who I am deep down. I, I really just more like showcasing cool things or things that I'm into or talking to people that are doing cool things. I have a quick question about, um, hosting the bachelor or yeah. not hosting. Uh, my bad. Producing, not criticism. But um, okay. <laughs> when it came to the season and Colton, 
what would that have been like if you were there? Like him like kind of going completely off script and jumping the fence and ending like the two girls early. Would that be like a producing nightmare or would that be like producing gold? So for me as a producer, it would be probably the latter because Hmm. obviously you don't want anyone to be hurting or going through anything. But the cool thing about the people that sign up for the show is that they're willing to let everyone in on their world and in their mind and in their feelings, which is a pretty cool thing that you don't really get in the real world, unfortunately. And when I say the real world, I mean just the world, not on television. Like people aren't really open and honest with how they feel. And I really wish they were. And that's why I really enjoyed working on The Bachelor because I feel like you get an inside look into what people are feeling in the moment. And so a moment like that, yes, it's like really, it's like such a bummer that this person that you've probably grown really close with is really upset. But I think it's so important for people at home to see moments like that, to witness real heartbreak. You know, like he was really, really upset. Like the person that he claimed that he loved was leaving. And so to me, that's like an honest reaction. Every action has a reaction. And most people would be embarrassed to even admit that they were that upset. Like Colton was shaking in that moment. And I was talking to my friends after and I was like, you know, we don't we don't even see this type of real heartbreak in movies. It's like you might see someone like crying in their bed and then it's like scene change, you know, and then it's like a shot of the sky. And then the next day they're like a little bit better. But no one really like shows like those really raw, really like tumultuous, emotional, emotionally tumultuous moments. So Mm. I thought it was really cool that Colton you know, was willing to go there. And to me, that was gold because it's making people at home feel something or relate to a moment that they had themselves that was similar, you know? Yeah, definitely when I watched that, I did have that feeling where I was like, oh, this is completely, this is real, this is happening because there is no structure right now. He just, like, he really loves her if he's going to send everyone home. So that is like a true show, like show of emotion. Also, speaking of the people who were on it, did Emily ever tell you that she Yikes. Okay, okay. <laughs> that what? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that she what? I didn't hear you. That she auditioned for The Bachelor. Emily, oh, no, I did it. Shut up. No. And we made a tape. And she okay. It, okay, and it was guys. Great. All right. Wait, this was not the point. Why didn't you ever tell me this? That is so wrong. I really know. Guys were like when I saw you guys would hang out. I was like Emily has to say that this happened. <laughs> Why didn't you okay, ever tell me that? Okay, okay. So I'll be honest. I didn't say it because I literally never came up in my mind. Like that's how much it. Like Kyra, Kyra brings it up more than I. I think about it, it every day. <laughs> Kyra brings it up so much because she's always like. <laughs> Emily, you really like could have, and I'm always like, I'm not even thinking about this. So when I say like, it wasn't like, oh, I can't tell her. It was like, I literally didn't even think about it because it's just been like a, it was just a time when I don't even, it was like before I came, it was like uh, probably about nine months before I came out to LA and I was just, whatever was going on in my head, I was doing. And I, I went, uh, yeah. So my friends were helpful. They helped no, me. I need to hear more group. about this. Wait, <laughs> like Emily's going to be in New York. You went to an actual casting in New York. I did. Um, and yeah, so I, I had the, the audition tape and all that mess and I, I did go to the casting. It was, a, it was, it, I wasn't like surprised by the casting. It was definitely like a, I, oh, this is kind of what I expected. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, um, you know, they you ask, you know, three or so questions, the different, and I've listened to different, like, you know, I guess 
accounts of what it's like to go through the cast thing and depending on where you are in the country or what day it is um and mine wasn't similar it was just i don't know and, and i tried to watch i watched the i guess the beginning of ari season and i was like oh like i don't remember any of these girls at least it was like a hell it was so many girls i probably wouldn't have remembered them but it was definitely it was what like, you're saying your audition tape yeah well oh my God, it's great <laughs> i made it in my friend's basement and it was great to see oh my god no. empty let's send it in again jesus no that, nah, okay she cried okay. when we asked her about love it was incredible no, oh no, I, that, will you send it to me i'll send it to them on your jesus <laughs> i love it I no love it. no 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 i definitely did i think the only uh yeah i don't know we'll see whatever i this is so uncomfortable um <laughs> <laughs> i think it's I, awesome i can tell uh, you, you know, this, emily <laughs> it's so lame dude you would probably just be like yeah there's a re- yeah well like so i i guess the question before you know let's get off of me um <laughs> would you because you said like you know you like the the honesty that you know colton was showing and i feel like yourself you know you're very uh for lack of a better term very raw with how you present your love life and clearly you know with creating heartbroken anonymous um you know talking about i feel like you openly talk about you know the struggles you've had through dating and on apps and things like that so do you would would do you find do you think you would be a good candidate to be on the bachelor um i think would you ever do it yeah, I think I'd be a great candidate. And I don't think I would, but I also would never say never, you know, because mm-hmm. I am genuinely looking for a partner in life. Like that is something that I want eventually one day. And I and I do think I'm ready for it like right now. Um, but it's more funny because than- a lot of people sorry. Before? Sorry, more continue and then I was just gonna ask more than you have ever been before. Yeah, I think I've finally grown into my own. I'm turning 29 on Sunday, and it sounds so cliche, but people are so, thanks. People are so, um, you know, I think people, like, think they know who they are, and maybe they do, but it took me a while to find out, like, who I really am, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I feel like you try and figure it out, like, all of life. I don't think it just, like, Mm -hmm. ends at 30. But I think I definitely have a better understanding of who I am than I did like three years ago, which was not that long ago. And I have changed. And I think people should change. Like, I think it's funny when people are like, oh, you've changed. It's like, well, I think we all we all are supposed to evolve. Right. And like become better people like there should be some kind of change. But, yeah, I think I would go on the show like people. A lot of people like think of it as like a joke or they think it's like a spectator Mm -hmm. sport. To me, The Bachelor, I mean, it means so much to me in so many ways, just because I learned so much being on that show, you know, whether it came to like producing or like what love means to me and like other people. But I think you have a better chance of meeting someone on The Bachelor than you do like out in the world these days. Like, I feel like these days, if you meet a guy on a dating app, like you can Google who he is, how much money he makes, what his job is, who his friends are. You can go to his tagged photos. Like literally you can create an entire resume or dossier on a person based off what the internet has to say about them. And then you create this judgment in your head of like whether or not you want to meet them or go out with them, which is kind of shitty because you're probably missing out on great people just because they're not checking boxes you think that you want to be checked. But on The Bachelor, there's like 25 to 30 people literally handpicked for you across mm-hmm. the country, not just like within a 25 mile radius. And they walk out of a limo and you have no idea who they are, what their name is, how old they are, whether or not they have kids. And I think it's really cool because you meet these people without prejudgment. 
you know? And to me, that's like the best way to meet someone. You're right. And, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, and being, you know, almost turning 29, which again, happy early birthday. Um, <laughs> you, you feel like you're coming into your own. And you said that before, you know, people have, uh, I guess, these boxes that they want to check out, check off in terms of when it comes to finding a partner. Is that something that you still find yourself doing? Or is it more like once you stop doing that is when you were like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm ready. I think everyone's going to kind of always do that mentally in their head. And of course, there's like a bunch of boxes that I want checked, but I am also open enough to go on a date with almost anyone. Like if someone asks me out, if I'm really, really not attracted to them, maybe I won't go. But if I'm semi not attracted to them, I think I'd still go because you never know. You know what I mean? If they're going to become like a friend of yours or if they have a friend or if you'll end up liking them, like you really just never know. So I just, I kind of like to like remain really open with that stuff. Okay. And I guess the other thing in terms, because we, we, Kyra and I on this podcast have constantly been talking about, you know, not the, the broad term of finding yourself, but definitely the things that um, I guess are the formula in order to do so, which is, you know, I guess there's never really any formula, but um, in terms of that, we've talked a lot about how, you know, we're okay with being single, like for the first time, like within the last year. Um, whereas before we were always like trying to look for guys or whatever. And another thing right. that um, we kind of turned on a revelation of is uh, that we're very focused on our careers. And when and being focused on it, we started to like visualize stuff or use visualization and manifestation, um, you know, to try to visualize where we want to be. Do you do that in your um, endeavors or life or whatever you do? Do you like use visualization or manifestation in certain things that you do? Yeah. So I definitely manifest things like the 31st of every year. I like write down a list in my phone of things that I like want to happen within the next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, totally. I'm like always visualized. I think manifesting is really important. And I think if you want to take it a step further, I like to tell people what I want to do in life. Um, and that's kind of scary because once you tell a person, then you feel like you really have to do it. You right. know? So right. I've always found that to be super powerful and, and uncomfortable and scary. And I love being uncomfortable. So I'll write down a list, but then I'll also tell my friends like, Hey, I want to work for this company one day or one day I want to do this. And that way I'm holding myself like somewhat accountable for what I want to do because then there's people in my life that know what I want to do, you know? Like my main thing was like career wise and like job I want. I remember like an interview came up and I was like, should I tell Emily or should I not say anything? I was like, I'm just going to say mm -hmm. it. So it's this thing that like is known. So I have to work towards it. And it's yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's like even more powerful. And you should always be telling people what you want to do because you never know who they know or how they can help. Like you just really never know, you know? Yeah, that makes awesome. You know, I was once, yeah, and I was once told uh, when I first moved to LA uh, that in LA to never tell people <laughs> what you want to do um, and to always, you know, be wary of who's, you know, watching out for you. Um, do you think that sentiment is true about the city of Los Angeles and the industry that is in it? 
I mean, I'm sure it's true. I'm, you know, there's always good people and there's bad people. I like to right. live like I like to believe that everyone's a good person and I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I like to choose my life. Like I rather and I feel like the more, you know, the older we get and as we progress, like don't you guys feel like women are actually being more supportive of each other? And I find that yeah. like when you give people the benefit of the doubt or when you support someone, whether it's a woman or a man or anything in between, you, you are setting a standard for them to kind of be like, Hmm, like if they're supportive of me, I can be supportive of someone else. And I've always been to the mindset that there's room for everyone at the table. Like, I don't feel like one person's going to get something over another. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm actually really happy because I feel like in, in my experience, I've, I've come across a lot of people that have been super supportive of what I want to do. And a lot of them are people that do the same thing I do. So, so to me, I haven't really experienced anything negative in that mindset, but, or in that, you know, I guess in that, um, in that vein, but it's not to say that it's not out there, but I think, I really believe in like karma, you know, like if you're truly excited and genuine, about meeting people and you get really excited about them excelling, like that's only going to make your life easier and happier and better, you know? What what advice would you give to the person that, you know, and it's, I guess it's human nature to whether it's jealousy or you see someone doing something that you, you know, wanted to be doing and you feel like you've worked hard towards it and then you see someone else get it. You're like, what the heck did I do that, you know, wasn't, you know, what did I do wrong that didn't put me in that position? And I guess it's inevitable that you're going to feel some sort of way negatively at some point. How, what's your advice? I guess you kind of just gave it. Um, but what is your advice to try to get yourself out of that mindset? I guess? Oh my God. I love this question. To not, you know, compare yourself. Yeah, because it's totally true. Emily. like, you really are. And I think it's almost like what I was just saying, it's, you're being fake if you're acting like you're not jealous or envious about someone at some point. Right. Cause like we all are human and I've had so many moments where I've had friends of mine get jobs where I'm like, damn, I was qualified for that. Like, why didn't I get that? And I think we, we often get in this, this pattern of personalizing things where, you know, sometimes you think the world is so unfair. Why not me? Why is this harder for me? Why, you know, why do I have to pay for this? And this person didn't, why did I have to like, you know, do these 10 internships to get to the same place this person is, Mm. but you can't, you have to force yourself to not compare. But at the same time, I do think it's really important to admit how you're feeling and be honest about it. When my friend got a job that I thought, you know, I was qualified for and that I wanted, I called another one of our friends and I said, Hey, I said, I just want to talk to you about something. This is how I feel. And I actually feel really bad that I feel this way because I'm super happy for her too, but I'm also really bummed that I didn't get it. And she Mm. was like, so it's so refreshing to to hear that from you. You know, like it would be so fake if I was just like, yeah, no, that's awesome. So I think being honest with like a couple friends, I think processing it, I guess, is the answer to your question. Like feel it, process it. And then once you get it out, like get over it, you know, and be happy for that person because- you know, there's so many opportunities on the horizon and it, everything really does happen for a reason. And if you didn't get something, then it wasn't meant for you, you know, mm-hmm. it really wasn't. So that's what I do. I try to be honest with myself. I say it out loud. I feel bad about it. And then I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. over it. Like, I'm going to be excited for her. Like it's, it takes way more energy to hold on to like hatred and negative thoughts and it'll brew inside of you. 
and it will not give you a pleasant experience day to day. It really won't. I think, yeah, I think it's important to have dreams, but I think it's also important to know God or the universe or whatever you believe in maybe has something bigger and better for you that you, you can't even like think of yet, you know? hundred percent. When you were talking about that earlier, I was kind of thinking about it. It's kind of a smaller term, but I was thinking about it even when like everyone's applying for college or which we've all done. And like, sometimes you don't get into the one that you want or like one that you applied to, or you can get into others. And mm-hmm. like, I remember like, I was like, I'm just thinking about like, even where I am now in life. I'm like, what would happen if I went to that other one that I really wanted to, I wouldn't know all these people I know. I wouldn't be doing what I want to do. I wouldn't have like, or like in some other version, but like, you always end up where you're supposed to and you meet the people that are supposed to be in your life. You like do what you're like, you look back at some point and you're like, I really wanted this, but now I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I feel like even career wise for both of you, cause I do, well, Emily, I obviously know you. And also Naz, I like followed you. Like Emily said before, I feel like you guys definitely are on the right track. And like, I like, and like are doing it very well. And like, I've definitely watched your interviews and stuff. And it's just, yeah, I feel, there's so much, there's so much that's going to happen in the future, I believe, as like a fan of both Aww. of you. Aww. That's nice of you to say, and I'm sure the same for you. And like, I haven't even met you yet. I can't wait to meet you in person. But even see, like, it's like, see how like people are just so supportive of each other. Like, it's such a, it's such a great feeling, like to mm-hmm. know that like, there's so many people out there, like social media can be such a bad thing, but I feel like it, the good part of it does get overlooked. Like, sometimes I randomly think how, like, random people out there, like, Kyra, like, we haven't met before, are, like, rooting for me. Like, that's such a, that, like, if that isn't community, I don't know what is, you know? And I feel like that should keep everyone going, like, whoever's listening. Oh, yes, a little therapy session going on on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, this was good. And and I think, Kyra, one of your questions, I'm looking at it here. That's a really good question. Uh, and I was thinking about it during when we're talking about hosting Naz. You want to quite, it's the one about, I'll just ask it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is your, who is your dream person to interview Naz? Um, that's a great question. I think it's so funny because <laughs> I always say this. Do you guys know who Lorena Bobbitt is? No. Lorena Bobbitt. Is that like a fashion designer? No. So Lorena Bobbitt. So whenever someone's like, ever since I was little, whenever someone was like, if you could have dinner with any person, who would it be? And I always said Lorena Bobbitt. And Lorena Bobbitt is this woman in the 90s that cut her husband's <laughs> penis off <laughs> and they threw it out the window. And growing up, society and the media really portrayed her as like this crazy woman, you know, that was psychotic and obviously, you know, really fucked up. And a documentary just came out recently on Amazon Prime, and I really encourage everyone to watch it because at the time that it happened, there weren't any laws in place for women that were being abused or battered. And so I always knew, like, I was always like, well, there was some, like, he, something had to have happened to driven her to cut her husband's penis off. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and now that, I, and I just finished the documentary last night and like, I was right, but you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really live through it. I was like four years old at the time it happened. And honestly, it was because of a case like that, that went to court, that Congress decided to put money you know, into like abused and battered women, you know, situations. Like there weren't any shelters. There was nothing for people to do. Like the cops would come to your house. And I know I'm getting a little political now, but anyways, I have always dreamed of interviewing her because 
it, I've just always been so fascinated with that story. <laughs> would you want it to be like a fun, I'm sure you wouldn't want it to be like a fun, like, you know, par- not a parody, I guess, but more of like a, let's, you know, go along with what happened. You know, I guess it's probably not a funny thing. Yeah, no, probably not. No, um, but so I think, you- no, it is somewhat funny. I think, I don't know, like I've always been more intrigued and interested in the common day person. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it's easy for me to say, oh, I want to interview Oprah. But like, there's a million interviews of Oprah out there already. And like, I don't know, I guess theoretically, there probably are a lot of Lorena interviews too now. But I think at the time, I'm just so interested in like regular people and why they feel things and why they do things and how love motivates people to do things. Um, Because obviously, she loved her husband, you know, so I've always just been super fascinated by the concept of love and how it motivates us to do stuff. Like some people move across the country because they're in love. Some people root for a sports team they don't even care about because they're in love. So at like what lengths are people willing to go because they're in love and how can that turn ugly? Like in the case of Lorena Bobbitt, like that stuff is, is really, really interesting to me. I can't wait to see you interview Lorena Bobbitt in <laughs> 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> And really though, best really. answer to like, who would you want to interview or who would you want to have as a dinner guest? There's so many layers to that. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Low key, there's a lot. You guys okay. could probably interview each other. And like, uh, yeah, I, I'm never going to answer because mine will be very basic. Um, but now no, I want to know who you guys would it. Who you guys would interview. I'm so lame now. <laughs> no. Go, Kyra. It would have literally just been Harry Styles. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know what? Harry would be an interesting interview because he has four nipples. Did you know that? Yes, I do. I would definitely want to know more about the nipples. I know. I would want to see them. And, like, it's just that's. (laughs) I would want to see them. No, a cow. Like, that's how many cow That's true. That's true. I didn't think they were. I thought they were just, it was like, oh, what? Never. I was just saying a cow probably has six or eight, but. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they do. I think it's like six. Um, no. And I think, didn't you get like a shirt of Harry Styles like made for you or something? Well, I went to Harry's concert here in LA for his first oh. album, which I think is spectacular work of, of art music. But um, yeah, so I got one of his like concert shirts and I took a picture of it, but then someone turned it into a cartoon. Like that picture of me wearing the shirt. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's. Can I confess something first? I literally like the first. I don't get it. Episode I listened to was the Harry Styles one. No and way. I, yes, and I think I was ranting to Emily where I was like, "Did you know that freaking um, what is it, Carolina? It's about a girl he met. Like she's a real person, and she yeah. didn't know." <laughs> we were. Oh my god, Kyra, this is like the funniest thing ever. When we found out it was about a girl that like lived in LA, we tried. <laughs> I like literally would Instagram like every account with that name to try and get her to come on the podcast to interview her, but we never got a hold of her. Like so disappointed in myself. Wait, is she not like she like you really can't find her? No, like we I'm either whatever account was her. She like never responded, you know, but who knows like which account was hers at the time. I'm sure it'd be easy to find now. I'd love to hear a perspective because that seems like a movie to like have your dad watch TV and be like, um, I think this is about you. This song. That this- I know. Can you imagine like the hottest like new rock star like writing a song about you? I would die. That would be my dream. It's not Low real. I'm so jealous. I know. Me too. No, yeah. <laughs> Emily's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care unless it's, yeah, no. Um, 
I yeah, whatever, whoever that girl is. She goes to USC and I feel like she given I don't know, I think Kyrie, you might have told me about her and I did I feel like I found her, but I guess that makes sense. She wouldn't respond if she I feel like if you're hanging out with Harry Styles, you might have some sort of like she's not there for the the fame of it all, I guess. I guess given what I think. But they him. didn't they were like, who knows what happened to them now, but he has a girlfriend, I think. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, I don't know if he still does, but he didn't did. Know he had a girlfriend. Boring. Yeah. Well, he was dating this, like, I think she was a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. So. I, I think yeah. they yeah. but who knows? I don't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, but this was great. Thank you for sharing with Wait, us. Wait, and, like, uh, you didn't think it would be at who you interview or be at your table. Yeah, you have to answer. I think we all know the answer to this question. Um, so, yes. Uh, that's like been my goal for the last like year. Um, and I think you're going to interview BTS like really soon. Like, I have a really good feeling about this. And I Don't will even play. I will Stop help it. you make this happen in any way that I can. Uh, but what if you had to pick just one of them? Because I know there's seven of them, right? Yes. Yes. Who would you, who would you pick? And why? Uh, <laughs> um, Kyra's gonna be a bitch about this one. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'd probably interview uh, J-Hope uh, because I think he, okay, if, okay, aside from my kind of sort of bias towards him, and this is probably the first time I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna cut this out because I never, I'm very particular about. No, don't particular. cut it out. Let the people know. Okay, I, I guess I won't, um, per Matt's request. <laughs> I, I don't tell people, it's very common in K-pop, because it's very common to say you have a bias towards a certain, you know, member, because, like, in, in One Direction, you might like Niall more, um, whatever. So, because their personality, you think he's cuter than the rest, so they dance better, whatever it is. But um, towards J-Hope, uh, I feel like he's a very complex character that, you know, has this very, his hope, I mean, his name is literally, like, with a right. hope in it. So he's very happy and, like, bubbly and, uh, he shows his face, and I feel like I can see past it. I feel like, and he's kind of shown certain things. Like, I feel like there's maybe a little bit of similarity there. But and I would like to, I don't know. I'd like, so I definitely wouldn't want. I mean, if I, I'll take however I can interview them in any way. So if it's a short, like, what's your name, BTS, good. Like that's it. That's all I need. Like, um, but if if my my <laughs> ideal would be to like have a sit down, you know, interview and ask, I don't know, get down to like the the nitty gritty, which is always hard to do. Right. Especially with K-pop stars who are very, they don't show any of their personal life. Um, so mm. I don't know. That that would be something I'd love to do. But yeah, so that's why, I don't know. I feel like there's like a duality between who J-Hope is as a person and who he is behind the scenes. And he doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't have to show us that. Anyway, so that's me ranting about it. But um, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, huh, I'm going to hate myself for saying that. Anyway, okay. So yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Naz, really, um, for doing this. I feel like this was definitely something, even aside from the podcast, something that was nice to hear from a lovely friend and mentor um, out there in LA. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that you guys have finally spoken. Cause I was like, I feel like Kyra and now. Oh, me too, Kyra. Yeah. 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 yeah we uh, and come hang out with us. Yes. 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 Definitely. definitely um, yes. Um, but you know, if you guys want, you can definitely find Naz at Naz N A Z P E R E Z. Um, Naz Perez on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to her podcast, I Don't Get It, on iTunes or the <laughs> podcast app. Um, you can find her stuff on Fandango, 
um, on, I don't know, the, what's the name of the French entertainment company? Oh my goodness. You're so uh, cute. It's, um, it's this channel called TF1. So if you live in Europe, um, I'm on there on Sundays, but, um, but yeah, yeah. we're so kind for knowing all of it. Well, and then, and then I got to plug um, Heartbroken Anonymous. You guys can definitely follow that as well. If you're heartbroken and you're in any of the cities or you, you know, want a city to, you know, have her come to if possible, if she can, you know, come. Uh, you know, let her know, or if you're in LA and you want to, you know, go join. It's the every second Saturday. Oh, sorry, well, every the second, second Thursday of yeah, June. Yeah, and yeah. Totally. And you guys can go to heartbrokenanonymous.com to like reserve a space in a meeting, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know where you're at. Um, or if you have any questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much again, Naz. Love you guys. Okay. Thanks for having me. If you mess with me, you get Should